Well, good morning, Hope Community Church. It is so good to be with you guys this morning for our fourth week of our series, One More Equals One Less. Uh, Lord willing, the uh, Lord is going to use this series in your life to create vision, to create passion, uh, and to create urgency uh, for the lost, because that's our hearts with this vision casting month of uh, January and February. And so if you guys have your copies of God's Word, I would love it if you would turn to John 21. We're going to be in John 21, just three verses. And I just want to kind of do something a little bit differently this morning. I'm going to tell the story uh, of the last few days of Jesus' life and how it affected Peter. Uh, Peter's going to be our main focus, as you see, if you've turned to John 21, verses 15 through 17. This is Jesus talking directly to Peter. Um, But I'm going to use all the Gospels, all four Gospel accounts, while I share to you the different scenarios and scenes that Jesus gives us and the, the leadership that Jesus uses. And so I pray that through this story... We can look at how Peter's lack of humility and then his his humility led to great things later on. And that's my prayer for this morning as we talk about serving, serving the church, serving each other, and creating a humbleness in your heart that, uh, that creates a servant's heart in you. And so if we can, you guys just listen carefully. Please listen to how Jesus leads I respect this passage, these passages as the greatest leadership advice that anybody could ever give. And so we're going to start out, we're going to pick up in the uh, Last Supper. Everybody knows about the Last Supper. You guys have seen the painting of the Last Supper. Um, But how it begins is the the most humble thing a man can do. And Jesus takes a a towel and wraps it around him and gets a basin of water and he begins to, to wash the disciples' feet. And so when he gets to Peter... Uh, Peter says, "Uh uh-uh, no, sir, Lord, you're not going to wash my feet. You're the servant, or you're the king, I'm the servant. But Jesus quickly corrects him and says, Peter, a servant is not greater than his master, and nor is a master greater than his servant. If you want to take part in this kingdom with me, I must wash your feet. And so Peter reluctantly says, okay, you know, Lord, you you can wash my feet Quickly after this, the foot washing ceremony, they eat, they begin to discuss, and the mood quickly changes as Jesus predicts his betrayal. He says, somebody that's eating in this room with us is going to betray me. The disciples quickly look around, and and in the different gospels, they say, you know, "Who, who is it, Lord? And Jesus actually tells them that it's the one to his left, Judas Iscariot. Quickly after this, the disciples quickly lose focus on that and they begin to argue. You know, who is the greatest among you, among us, as the disciples? James and John in one of the accounts say, Lord, can we sit on your left hand and your right in positions of honor? So today as you listen, Hope Community Church, I pray that our our ideas of greatness don't come from dominion and and position They come from a posture of the heart. So Jesus quickly squelches that. He says, you know, uh, whoever is going to be great among you must serve and must be the youngest among you. In other words, must not have any right to any position. And so again, Peter, you know, this sinks in with Peter and he continues to think. 
and then it happens. Jesus looks at Simon, and I can just imagine this scene. I've pictured it over and over again this week, and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded you and wants to sift you out like wheat, wants to destroy you. And then he looks at him with love. He says, but, but Peter, I prayed for you. Peter, I prayed for you. And once you've denied me three times, I pray that your strength is regained. And that after that, you encourage the other disciples. You know what Peter does immediately. Lord, I would never, ever betray you. I would never, ever deny you. I'm ready to follow you to both jail and to death, he tells him. Listen to those words. He says at the Last Supper, I'm willing to follow you to prison or to death. And you guys know the rest of the story. They be, they're led out into the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus goes and prays. The guards come up. Judas betrays Jesus with a kiss. Peter says, okay, this is my chance. I'm going to prove to Jesus that I'm not going to deny him. He takes out his sword and he cuts off a guard's ear. Quickly, Jesus picks up the ear and, and puts it back and says, Peter, this is not how this is going to go. I have to do this. Peter falls away. He's confused, I'd imagine. And then he watches Jesus as he's marched to the different councils. And as Jesus is beaten and flogged, a little servant girl, it says, in every gospel account, it says the servant girl. A servant girl comes up to Peter as Peter's following from a distance and says, Hey, aren't you a man of Galilee as well? Aren't you one of Jesus' followers? Peter said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know that man. Two more times, Peter's asked, Aren't you a follower of Jesus? And after the third time, the rooster crows. Jesus looks over at Peter from being beaten. And Peter begins to weep. After this, we're going to fast forward a little bit. You know, Jesus is crucified. He's raised. And then he starts appearing to the disciples. And the third time he appears to the disciples, he appears to the seven. And they're out fishing. They've been out fishing all night. Caught nothing. Jesus says to them, children, cast your nets on the other side. And immediately the fish gravitate towards the net. They catch 153 fish. I don't know why Jesus is so specific, but he tells us that they caught 153 fish. Peter immediately knows it's the Lord, takes off his shirt, dives into the water, and swims towards the beach. They have a nice, beautiful breakfast. They start a fire. They eat the fish that they've caught. And then I'm going to read to you John 21, verses 15 through 17. So we can get the exact picture of how this goes. Now just imagine Peter's uh, probably some anxiousness in his heart. The last time Jesus and he had had a conversation, he told Jesus, I'll never deny you. And then he denies the leader of who he follows three times. So imagine the trepidation, the fear, a little bit of anxiety, almost as if you're going into an employer's office after doing something that you weren't supposed to. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? 
He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend to my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, listen to this. You know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Pray with me, Hope Community Church. Father God, as we inspect the life of Peter in these last days, Jesus, we see the pride, we see the arrogance, we see then the humility, Jesus, for him to say, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus, I pray that we here at Hope Community Church, Jesus, would have servants' attitudes, Lord. Let this mind be in Christ that was also, let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. But he took on the very nature of a servant and he humbled himself to even death on the cross. Jesus, as we try to uh, accomplish this vision that you've put before us as a church of one more equals one less, it all starts in the heart, Lord. I pray for a humble posture. We love you so much. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. So I just want to share with you guys four points uh, from this story of Peter over the four Gospels that I see that are very applicable for us today in a church that's growing, in a church that's moving, in a church that's reaching people. I think at times there's a tendency, there's a propensity to say, hey, look what we're doing, it's working. Instead of saying, hey, look at Jesus, he's working. And so I want that to be our hearts. I want that to be on the forefront of our minds as we realize that it is Christ Jesus that wills and acts and does everything that he wants in this church. And I pray that we would stay out of the way. First point, it is possible to admire humility while still being prideful. It is possible to admire humility while still being prideful. I think this is where Peter was at. When Jesus was attempting to wash his feet, Jesus saw that as a, a humble act. He saw that as a servant's act, and he knew that his master should not be doing that to him. But what Jesus is trying to do, he's attempting to try to take this mindset of position and leadership, and he's trying to leverage it to create a humility in the hearts of his disciples. And I pray that that would be your heart this morning. Whatever God's called you to do, whatever area he's called you to serve at, and Hope Community Church, hear this, God has called each and every one of you to serve his church. If you are not serving his church, I say this as humbly but as boldly as I can, you are living in sin. With the gifts that he's given you, if you are wasting them, you are living in sin. And the optimal joy in life is never going to be achieved. Because God desires that you serve him through the local church. And we pray that that's here. The tendency in the church is to have the attitude that somebody else is going to do it. And that's the way it is in every church. About 20% of the people usually do 80% of the work. 
But we pray to change that here at Hope Community Church, and it all starts in the mind and in the heart. The humility of Jesus has to live inside of you or else you will never be sustained in serving him. Romans 12, 3 has been my prayer this week for all of you guys. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say to you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. Think of yourself with sober judgment. Because each and every person in here, including myself, including Skip, including the band, has a tendency to struggle with pride. And we'll struggle with it until the day we die. But Hope Community Church, don't stop struggling. Continue to keep it before you. Know that a humble heart is a heart that's used by God. Pride takes many forms, but always has one end. And that's self-glorification. Self-glorification looks different in each person's life. But in Peter's, it looked like self-preservation, right? The fear of his life when it came down to it, when the rubber met the road, when the little girl accused him of being an accomplice with Jesus. He said, that wasn't me. That's not me. Pride takes many forms, but always has one end. And that is self-glorification. One article that I read this week by Jonathan Edwards is really an incredible resource. It's called The Seven Subtle Symptoms of Pride. If you have a chance, you can check it out this week. But it's an incredible article on different ways that different people struggle with pride. And it hits the, uh, uh, a little bit more of the reserved people. It also hits a little more of the outspoken people. There's different areas that pride affects every one of our lives just because you're not outspoken and vocal doesn't mean that you're not prideful. And so that article has really helped me this week to recognize where pride is at in my life. Number two, everything of significance and righteousness grows in the soil of humility. Everything of significance and righteousness grows in the soil of humility. There can be seats, not an empty seat in this room, But if there's no humility, we've done no good. Because humility is where Jesus works. He works in the ones that are least expected. If you don't feel like you have a talent or a skill, you do. That's a lie from the enemy. Jesus wants to use you. And so I pray that you realize that the soil of humility is where you'll grow at. Booker T. Washington was a famous uh, educator A truly humble man is hard to find, yet God delights to honor such selfless people. Booker T. Washington, the renowned black educator, was an outstanding example of this truth. Shortly after he took over the presidency of Tuskegee Institute in Alabama, he was walking in an exclusive section of town when he was stopped by a wealthy white woman. Not knowing the famous Mr. Washington by sight, She asked if he would like to earn a few dollars by chopping wood for her. Because he had no pressing business at the moment, Professor Washington smiled, rolled up his sleeves, and proceeded to do the humble chore she had requested. When he was finished, he carried the logs into the house and stacked them by the fireplace. At this time, a little girl recognized him and later revealed his identity to the lady. The next morning, 
the embarrassed woman went to see Mr. Washington in his office at the Institute and apologized profusely. Listen to his response here. It's perfectly all right, madam, he replied. Occasionally, I enjoy a little manual labor. Besides, it's always a delight to do something for a friend. She shook his hand warmly and assured him that his meek and gracious attitude had endeared him and his work to her heart. Not long afterwards, she showed her admiration by persuading some wealthy acquaintances to join her in donating thousands of dollars to the Tuskegee Institute. How can you tell if you're a servant, Hope Community Church? By how you react when you're treated like one. When you're squeezed, when you're put in that position where you feel like somebody's domineering over you, what's the response? Is it to fly off the handle and start listing your uh, credentials? Or is it to humbly respond and create a difference in their heart? See, I think Jesus knows beyond a shadow of a doubt at this point when I got to thinking about the story this week and Jesus didn't have to tell Peter that he was going to deny him three times. Peter could have denied him three times and, and, and you would have just known about it. But what I know about Peter is that Peter needed to be totally dependent on Jesus at this moment. There had to be a total dependency. Nothing of his own doing would be able to prepare him for what was to come. Because this is the same man that would be used in Acts 2 to save thousands of lives. That Jesus would use to save thousands of lives. And one important note is that lordship isn't demanded. It's freely chosen. And that's one of the beautiful things. That's what I love about Jesus is he doesn't say, hey, follow me or else. He says, follow me. And I'll give you life. I'll give you life abundantly. Number three. A posture of the heart precedes a posture of the hands. This is something that I've been learning over the past years in ministry is that you can serve, you can be a part of Hope Community Church, but if the posture of the heart isn't where it's supposed to be, the posture of the hands will eventually be tired, they'll eventually become weary, and they won't do as good as they could if the posture of the heart was correct. Peter's bold claim to follow Jesus to jail or, jail or death were empty because of the posture of his heart. He cared far more about his security and his safety than he did about following Jesus. This uh, reminded me, my wife and I have, re have recently gone through some, some big life changes and uh, we've, uh, uh, our foster parents, if you don't know our story, and recently, the last month and a half, we've had the opportunity to take in two more kids. So now we have uh, four kids in the house, all under the age of six, and uh, it's just a little crazy. It can get a little crazy at times, a little wild. And uh, we, at times, as bad as this sounds, look very forward to bedtime. Uh, and so we put them down, and, you know, there's that uh, uh, moment where you feel like you can breathe. You sit down. And uh, my wife is an incredible stay-at-home mom, gets to deal with these children on a, on a daily, hourly basis. And uh, she'll sit down, and, and I'll begin to hear these... Uh, size these kind of and then there's one of uh, you guys kind of know what I'm talking about and then uh, as she sits there she begins to kind of work up the courage and then she again begins to maybe use some some pet names with me that are a little embarrassing to to say from stage and and she sounds like a little angel and she says 
Will you get me a glass of water? Will you get me a mint? And it's like at the end of the day, she becomes some sort of a paraplegic and cannot get up. <laughs> and some of you uh, know what I'm talking about. And, she, and, and there's sometimes it's like I'm getting up three or four times to get her something. Like mints and water and the remote and just different things. And I did have her permission to share this, by the way. <laughs> but you know, the posture of my heart when I do these things determines whether I'm serving her or just doing a meaningless task. And Hope Community Church, that's where we're all at as we serve Jesus, whether we're preaching, whether we're greeting in the parking lot, whether we're smiling at people when they come in. If the posture of our heart isn't where it needs to be, then the posture of our hands do not matter. I can hold the door for somebody or I can slam the door in their face. And it doesn't matter to Jesus. Sure, it might make us look like a better church if we have people holding the door and not slamming them in people's face. But that's not God's heart. God's heart is for us to put on the towel around our waist and to get down and wash people's feet. And when we do it, we do it with a joyful attitude, not a mundane, oh, I just got to get through another day. Because I tell you, the most selfless people don't see tasks as tasks. They see them as opportunities. How do you see things, Hope Community Church? Is it through the lens of I get to serve? Or is it through the lens of I have to serve? Because Jesus is concerned about your heart. If you are currently serving at HCC, new affections for Jesus and the people you are serving will be the only things that keep you making Jesus' name more famous. New affections for the people that you're serving and for God. And that was where, G where Peter was at in this story. He needed to fall deeper in love with Jesus so that he could continue to serve him. But he took his eyes off of Jesus and he fixed them on himself. And it led to his humility. His humiliation, really. The last point, the most important one. Humility is remembering who we are in light of who God is. Here's the moment in Peter's life that leads to Pentecost and thousands and thousands and thousands of lives being changed in the future. People see the Spirit of God moving in a mighty way in Acts 2. But very few people see the heart that was created in John 21 through Peter. Jesus looks at him and it's no coincidence that he asks him three times because Peter has previously denied Jesus three times. He looks at him and says, Simon, Simon, do you love me? Do you love me? Hope Community Church, do you love him? Do you love him enough to serve him? And if so, what's keeping you from doing it? I love the fact that John, or, uh, Peter here recognizes who Jesus is. Because in the end, that is all that matters. He says, Lord, you know everything. Jesus didn't need to ask him if he loved him. And Peter realizes that. 
But he asked him three times as a recommissioning of Peter's life to say, hey, Peter, you know, I forgive you. I forget about what you, what you did while I was being crucified and beaten and denying me. I forget about those things. And three times I want to say, Peter, feed my sheep, take, take care of my people, love my people, and serve my people. Winston Churchill was once asked, doesn't it thrill you to know that every time you make a speech, the hall is packed to overflowing. He said, it's quite flattering, was his reply. But when I feel that way, I always remember that if I was being hanged, the crowd would be twice as big. <laughs> and I think that's oh so true, Hope Community Church. Until we get an accurate picture of who we are, that people don't desire to see us, they desire to see Jesus through and in us, then it creates a humility that will create powerful servants of God. Is that your heart this morning? Is that who you desire to be? Those that know God will be humble, and those that know themselves cannot be proud. James says that when we use God's word as a mirror, it begins to reflect, and the closer we get to God's word, the closer we see in that mirror of how ugly and dirty we truly are. And until that humility infiltrates your heart, there will be no more, one more equals one less. There will be no growth. There will be no fruit that lasts. There will only be us making ourselves more famous. Whose kingdom are you trying to further this morning? Are you trying to make much of yourself? Or are you trying to make much of Jesus? At the heart of that question is where you find out where you're supposed to serve, where you're supposed to give your time, talents, and treasures to. And I pray that you find that. I pray that that's a question you're asking yourself that you would stop. And we're gonna, just going to take two minutes here at the end of the service for everybody just to stop and truly think, where's God have me? Where's God have me in this local body of believers to serve? Is it working with kids? Is it greeting? Is it starting a ministry that God's put on your heart? Is it helping us get a kids program started on a Wednesday night that we need desperately to teach them more of God's word? Is it to reach after the orphans and the homeless and the widows in their distress? What has God called you to this morning, Hope Community Church? And will you be humble enough to do it? Because no servant is greater than his master and no master is greater than his servant. The foot is level at the foot of the cross. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. Each one of you should have a, a green card in front of your seat or should be beside you or, or somewhere in there. I would love for you, if you, everybody would just take this out for a second. I just want to look at it with you for a second. Because we truly believe here at Hope Community Church that one more person serving is one less person being disobedient. One more person choosing humility is one less person living with pride and arrogance in their heart and mind. And I want you to look at this and I want you to, to see if you are serving anywhere. Under that be the church and next steps, we have different areas that you can serve. That's definitely not a, a total list 
You can look up more deeply into that. Maybe God's called you to do something with college-age ministry. Maybe, I don't know what it is. But we have a volunteer director now. And so if you've signed up for one of these in the past and it's fallen through the cracks, I personally apologize, but that will not happen this time. We have a system in place to where it's a, it's a, uh, a pleasure to be able to take new servants and to plug them in where God's called them to. So I want you to bow your heads. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you to pray over this. Henry Skugel, a, uh, a philosopher in the 1600s, said a profound statement that's really impacted me this week. He said, the worth and excellency of a soul is to be measured by the object of its love. I know that's somewhat tough to process, but let me read it to you again. The worth and excellency of a soul is to be measured by the object of its love. What do you love, Hope Community Church? Is it the church? Because I promise you, the more joyful that you serve the church, the more joyful your children are going to serve the church. Humility breeds humility. Wherever Christ has you this morning, I pray that in your heart of hearts, you would know for sure where that's supposed to be. And I pray above all that you would be like Peter after and say, Lord, you know all things and be able to have the purity of heart to say, you know that I love you. You know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I love you. And I'm gonna serve your church. And Jesus goes on to say, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. What a beautiful beautiful sentiment of grace for somebody that's just denied him three times earlier I'm going to say a prayer for us and then we're going to sing a song but there's great boxes in the back if you want to fill those cards out and drop them in the back you say I need to serve not Hope Community Church I need to serve the local church and glorify Jesus you can drop those as you walk out Father God, I thank you so much for your example. The way you led with humility, the way you led with gentleness, the way you led with firmness. That you were able to say, Peter, you're going to mess up. Hope Community Church, you're going to mess up. But I'm praying for you that when you've turned, that when you've made the wrongs right, that you'll empower other people around you. And that would all be about God's glory and not my glory. I'm thankful for the people in this church, Lord. I pray that they would always be our crowns. It's in your precious and perfect name we pray. Amen.